Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Okay, podcast starts now. What's up, everyone? You are listening to us live on Super Bowl Sunday is the day that we are recording. (laughs) We were so moved by the spirit of the holiday that we said, emergency recording now. Um, We are, as Sam said, coming at you live. There is not even a seven-second delay or whatever they have over at CBS, NBC, Incorporated. So anything, I could say the F slur right now, and it wouldn't even get bleeped. And yeah, it's not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> There's many F-slurs nowadays. There's many. And I'm going to do the worst one of all. <laughs> um, okay. So first of yes. all, it is the Super Bowl day. I know. And we the are. Thing, we did just talk about that. We're skipping it. And I think we can't talk about that. We are skipping it. Unfortunately, we can't, uh, we can't talk about any of the specifics of the Super Bowl because, you know, surely things will happen that will become memes that will then become like saturated and then be lame to talk about so it's best to just not even venture into that territory i'm not even going to utter the word rihanna <laughs> here's what i do because you know. don't know what she could do we have no idea we have no idea and um so we'll sort of we'll add a a, a beep like a, a blank space here where we can go and edit in <laughs> things about her performance i loved when she performed we found love <laughs> <laughs> yeah i loved the stunt of Jumping off stadium. <laughs> Jumping off stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I loved outfit. I loved when she brought out NSYNC. <laughs> and Jojo Siwa. And Jojo, the singer of uh, Get Out, Leave Right Now. <laughs> Classic. Wouldn't it be the biggest gag of the century if she brought out Jojo Siwa and Jojo Millennial 
so that they could do a duet together of um, Islands in the Stream. <laughs> Giving JoJo, the older JoJo, the last name Millennial is really yeah. JoJo Siwa and JoJo Millennial. <laughs> JoJo Siwa and JoJo Millennial. That's they really actually, form a super group. <laughs> that's the most insane labeling I've ever heard. But I am obsessed with it, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> um, so Sam, what's going on over there? Well, what I want to talk about actually, um, which not specifics to the Super Bowl, but I do want to talk about yeah. how I am brainwashed um, to the fact that I do wake up on Super Bowl Sunday and I'm like, oh my god, it's the Super Bowl, and like I don't know who's playing. I've not watched a single football game in my entire life, and I'm still mm -hmm. like, oh my, but I have to. What am I doing for the for the day? Like, and I almost yeah. like walk with a pep in my step, like as if it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> like I'm like, oh I my know. god, it's the big day. Well, this is sort of these are the reverberations of. Uh, you know, not to be so literal and bring it back to the topic of our podcast, but it's like, this is straight culture is like, you can choose to opt out of it. If you, you can choose to opt out of it, you can choose to wake up every day. And as a cis man, put on hot pink lingerie and walk around town being gay, gay, gay all day long. <laughs> and yet, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday and you will never be able to escape that. You can't escape it. And like... under your hot pink lingerie, you have little football pasties on your little nips because you cannot possibly escape the fact that it's Super Bowl Sunday. I Like, I'm even like, oh, like maybe... There's got to be a way I can get some chili today, you know? Like there's I know. Gotta, and I it's mean, like, what is wrong with me? I don't want to feel that way. Well, can I tell you? Yes. So, okay, this is like me and... So, as we mentioned off mic, uh, Matthew is having his birthday dinner tonight. And so when he first started planning it, he... You know, the Super Bowl wasn't on his calendar, so he sort of like didn't think about it. Then he realized it was a Super Bowl. And then my instinct, just without thinking, was like, well, you have to reschedule. <laughs> And he just had to sit me down and explain to me, no, sweetheart, none of our friends watch the Super Bowl, so it's okay to have it on Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. But I was like, but but you can't. That's a holiday. That's a national holiday. That is a national Christian holiday. Yeah. As a New Yorker, you might want to be Yorker, above it. But <laughs> yeah. as an American, you need to respect your traditions. And even now, I'm like, we're hours away from this dinner. I'm still like, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> Well, I'm like, there's going to be like jalapeno poppers at like the dinner. Right. right? <laughs> exactly. Like, there's going to be like a chip you, and dip moment, right? You know like, what I think is going to be the vibe is like, it's going to be sort of the joke of the night will be that it's during the Super Bowl. Like mm. everyone will walk in and make some kind of joke about it. Meanwhile, there will be other tables that do care about it. Maybe there's going to be a TV playing it silently or something. Or maybe some people will be looking at it at their phone. And then occasionally there will be a touchdown and people will be like, woo. And people will cheer. And then it'll be like a break in conversation. You know, obviously we're talking about things like outsider art, theater, <laughs> um, off, off Broadway plays, yeah. um, you know, f uh, sort of um, candidates from fifth political parties no one has ever heard of we're not talking green party or yeah, very very far left ideas very far <laughs> traded left. actually so far left that it's pretty it's like it's very really right wing. bad it's really like, right it's very right wing <laughs> yeah we're talking about things i mean you know fashion trends that are toxic and not environmentally friendly yeah. i mean we're talking you know models that are that are infants actually mm -hmm. and are legally not allowed to be runway models, but they still walked the Eckhouse Lada show. Uh, things that are sick and queer. 
will be discussed freely and every once in a while we'll pause and go oh my god they scored scored. (laughs) and we'll cheer and we'll go oh my god look at that they scored wow that sounds nice i actually love it makes me feel like the restaurant will be like such a community like i agree when when, like you'll feel like the wave of like excitement pass over the entire chic little restaurant i'm so Mm -hmm. excited for that feeling well it'll be once again as Every as with everything, it will be chosen family because it will be people who have chosen to not participate in Super Bowl culture and go have a chicken dinner, a slightly overpriced chicken dinner on a Sunday night in Bedstein, New York City. Wow. I mean, it's gonna be like so hard even to just like comfortably be served because I'll just be so like um empathetic to the the workers there yes the <laughs> empathy will be overflowing like i'll be like you are not my waiter tonight you are my mother and i appreciate you <laughs> like we are spending a super bowl we together and that is not lost time. on me <laughs> every time someone will bring us our chicken sam will say thanks mother <laughs> i'll say thank you mother thank you so much for everything you do to me and for me and for me wow well <laughs> I mean, I think, to be honest, my heart rate is up. I am ready for the big game. And by the big game, I do mean my chicken dinner. Yes. And I am, in fact, ready to get this fucking episode going. Yes. Hell yes, brother. (laughs) And please welcome the Rihanna of this episode of Stradiolab, (laughs) Emmy Blotnick. Oh, my Lord. I'm so thrilled to be part of this holy holiday with you. Yes. Yes. Please tell us your um, relationship with the Super Bowl at at large. It's really complicated and mysterious in its absence, I think. Um, I I am going to start calling it straight's giving. I think it's the only... Wow, that's actually genius. That's really good. I do really love the food of football but not the people or atmosphere <laughs> so yeah 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 i, I mean nachos? it is it is just yeah nachos i, I mean nachos. i'll say this about super bowl the super bowl you know people are scared of sundays generally speaking people are scared to do things on sundays and it is always nice when there is a, an excuse to be communal that's true that is true that's, it's that a, is true the the cure for the common sunday scaries Exactly, exactly. You're like, well, I can't have Sunday scaries because I'm blackout drunk and throwing up from all these jalapeno poppers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there is really something to that. An excuse to, like, throw caution to the wind on a Sunday night is really, really powerful. Totally. Um, Does the the Grammys do that for anybody anymore? Or... I don't think I, I don't know if the Grammys even exists anymore. It to didn't be register with you. for me. Yeah, I actually think, and this is a theory that I have. They've sort of like at some point they realize no one is no one's watching, so they sort of pre-tape. I think these outfits we're seeing Sam Smith in. I mean, they took those photos five years ago. I'm, I'm convinced. 100%. I think they're just releasing them every year. They're like, okay, this year Beyonce is gonna in quotes gonna lose, and like people will go wild. <laughs> And then they're just sort of like releasing photos of her in various outfits. It was all one photo shoot. I don't think that ceremony took place. It was in Dubai, right? I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. I feel like that's what happened. I think there were a thousand people there in Dubai. Yeah. And no one won. So we didn't hear about it. And it was sponsored by it was sponsored by just the concept of war. (laughs) I you know, I do think that it's weird that the Super Bowl actually gives me more permission to go off on a Sunday 
then mm-hmm. the Grammys, then the Oscars. Yes. Then I don't feel any any award show that should be like, this is like the gay Super Bowl. It's like, I know. doesn't I know. actually have any fun of a Super Bowl. No. And in fact, sucks fun out. It's like, yes. Well, especially <laughs> now that no one cares about any of these things, you really sort of feel like uh, you are at a funeral or something. <laughs> you're like with, you're like, let's say you try, you actually muster up the energy, courage, and, um, you know, positivity to throw an Oscars party in the year 2023. Everyone comes to your apartment, you make little snacks, you know, tar bites, and (laughs) then you serve them to everyone. And then suddenly you realize no one has seen any of the movies. You know, you invite your best chicas and their husbands are like, who even is Cate Blanchett? And you're like, well, I made everything nice just for this. I didn't even I mean, get I'd to introduce like... the banshees of Ida Sharon. I feel like that's a snack, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like the bruschetta of Ida Sharon. Um... Yeah, the bruschetta. Oh yeah, that's better. Banshees aren't a food. I'll I'll go rehearse <laughs> next time. <laughs> no, I mean it's sort of like uh, with all that stuff. You sort of feel like that scene in um, Phantom Thread where the New Year's party is over and they're dancing alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but the Super Bowl, I mean, what's nice about the Super Bowl is because it is still such a big event, you it at least doesn't feel depressing in that like death of culture way where the Oscars you're like, well, we're just like cosplaying 1997 here. That, yeah, that is true. The The Super Bowl has managed to at least like, yeah, there's enough money going into it that there's going to yeah. be something entertaining. I don't know. Yeah. Tomorrow, everyone's going to be like, did you see the commercial with the ape wearing Bruno Mars's face yes. and then you know it's something to chat about at work <laughs> I know God, so, I, I have a question like truly like why does straight why do straight things have so much more longevity than gay things like there is no gay tradition that can last more than like seven years I think gay people don't like traditions that much like they always wow. have to be like sort of like making things fresh in a way that's like i'm doing it my way and then so it's like they just tear down the thing from five years ago you're so right because you know what would kill the super bowl if they had to change their outfits every year and it's like well this year it's wide-legged pants this year they're wearing like those giant red boots that are viral then then like you know people would be like making fun of it and there wouldn't be that sort of classic feel that's true reinvention is the sport you know yeah yes it's true i mean that's why madonna can't is no longer sort of like a pioneer because she did it too many times she stopped reinventing it's crazy that madonna it's like tom brady literally will have more longevity than madonna oh no oh no <laughs> it doesn't sit that. well with let, it gives me kind of a heartburn to america think about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm nauseous now hmm <laughs> okay also okay i think there's something about um, the Super Bowl. I, I know this is not our topic, but I do love it actually to talk about. But where it's like not addressing your feelings, like when it's like the Oscars, it's like okay, like let's mourn like the death of film. Like we need to, we need to activate like like cinema is more important now than ever, and it's like dying art if we don't save it. And like football is literally like giving people brain damage and they're like, let's fucking go. And it's like, I know just like, there's almost something to like burying all your feelings and being like, let's have fun tonight. (laughs) That's it. I want to have fun. And the Oscars don't provide you with that. This is why I was thinking about tailgating too. Cause they'll, they'll celebrate not even being in the event, which 
is next level. It's actually crazy. Yeah. No, it, it really is true. I mean, this is, I, I would actually say this is a common thread with like many of our topics where it's like shutting off all doubt and just being like, for these four hours, we're fucking doing this. I mean, that's like, it's like how weddings are. It's like how, uh, you know, a sort of fa- like a Thanksgiving dinner is. It's just like, can everyone just be good for four hours so we can cut this turkey? And you know what? I'll say this. After uh, yesterday spending a day with um, eight gay men for about 12 hours, the amount of chapters of different sorts of mini psychodramas that there were, I'm like, maybe we could maybe we could take a note from uh, things like the nuclear family and just relax for a single second. I mean, there is nothing more comforting than being around like a guy who you know you don't in your day-to-day get along with like you know you disagree with him like on every outlook but it's like damn he's fun to hang out with when he's like ready to party like yeah when it's like a frat guy who like you you know this is never gonna be your best friend but he just like treats you super nice for like three hours you're like that's incredible nothing feels better than that right like a big dude pointing at you and going need another one feels oh my god oh my god you're like i'm I'm camouflaging in this environment no, you're so right, Emmy. Oh my God! Wow! Wow! wow. wow. Um, should we do our first segments now? Sure. I'm a, I'm not opposed. And because I really like, I feel like Emmy came. Emmy, you came more prepared than potentially any other guest ever has, and so we really want to give you. Well, actually, so it's like you came prepared with a number of topics unlike any we've ever seen. Wow, I'm really flattered. Yeah, there are two <laughs> kinds of prepared in this podcast, and there they are a coming up with a lot of topics and B coming with one topic, but having like a packet of research on it. <laughs> I mean, I do have a packet. Yeah, of course. I mean, you have to. Um, and then of course there's a third option. What's option three? Well, y- you did the right, you did the writing packet for the show, right? Um, we sent I did. it to your agent. Yes. Yeah. I, I wrote it under Jojo millennial in case you were, oh, cool. I didn't want to be biased or for you to be biased about me. No, that's um, actually what it made him really, really biased. And he was like, we exactly. have to have I was like, Jojo Millennial applied? We have to have her on. Um, okay. Jojo so Millennial. Any- uh, no, I'm sorry. That is I so fucking I had to walk away crazy. from the microphone to laugh. <laughs> like, no one needs also- to hear a woman cackling before she's been introduced. <laughs> Jojo Millennial. <laughs> because she's also like... <laughs> I always think of that JoJo as literally like 13 years old. So it's yes. so funny to be like JoJo millennial. Like she's like 33 now. And it's like, that is so funny. She is in fact my, she is in fact my exact age because I remember when she first came out, I was like, oh my God, like she could be in my class. And she could be like your, tw- your twin too. I mean. My twin. Yeah, exactly. When you flat iron your hair, you guys look so alike. So yes, alike. <laughs> Jojo Millennial. Oh my god. Okay. And she has at In least honor- three good songs, I think. Oh, 100%. And she seems like she has a good head on her shoulders. What am I basing off that off of? <laughs> Nothing. Just that, you know, I like when people are like in the spotlight but never like full star. Like they're like I'm that to me is like you're responsible almost. Also, she was in a movie that my sisters loved. Wait, was it Aquamarine? Hold on. I think she was in Aquamarine. Okay, Aquamarine Okay, well, I searched Jojo movie and it, and the result was Jojo Rabbit, which is not what I'm looking for. In fact, I should have searched Jojo Millennial movie. This is, this is like turning into a straight shooter. This is like Jojo, Jojo, Jojo Millennial, Millennial or Jojo Rabbit. 
<laughs> okay, Emmy, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid fire questions where you have to choose this thing or that thing. And there is no rhyme or reason to the things we say. It doesn't make any sense. And the one rule is you can't ask any follow-up questions. Do you copy? Copy. <laughs> okay, Sam, take it away. Okay, JoJo movie, JoJo millennial, or JoJo Siwa? <laughs> JoJo millennial. Um, is that the segment? Okay. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. it's literally the segment. Okay, Emmy, taking a hot bath or pulling a Sylvia Plath? Hot bath, baby. Ooh, okay. Banshees of Inishirin or Wizards of Waverly Place? <gasps> oh, it's so tough. It's a 50-50 split, but Banshees of Inishirin. Okay, Emmy. Walking in New York Fashion Week or talking to a New York fashion twink? Talking to a New York fashion twink. <laughs> okay. A task being Sisyphean or an ass being gargantuan? <laughs> I gotta go with that gargantuan ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emmy. La Cucaracha or Las Culturistas? <laughs> Las Culturistas. You know, mine's actually kind of similar. Um, uno dos tres or cuatro cinco seis? Oh my Ooh. god, that is guttingly <laughs> difficult. I'm going uno dos tres. Ooh, I'm a man wow. of the people. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you didn't do one of my favorite lyrics, un dos tres catorce. <laughs> I was tempted, of do course. Do you remember that song? You too. Of course, you too. Of course. Vertigo. Okay, Emmy, this is a three-parter. <laughs> calling your wife my other half, calling your wife the old ball and chain, or calling your wife's name but not getting a response because she up and left your rude ass. <laughs> I'll go with uh, I'll go with number three. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. It's that's the feminist one. I actually do have one more. Okay. Okay. Using a bidet or having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with using a bidet. <laughs> You gotta take the chance when you get it. Oh, yeah. that was really good, Sam. <laughs> Thank you. you. Using a bidet or having a good day is <laughs> one of our best, I would say, <laughs> in the history of this podcast. Wow. wow. Well, I think so good. Um, one thousand doves clean. One thousand. I mean, we um we rate everyone's performance on a scale of zero to one thousand doves, and you got one thousand doves. I am completely thrilled. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And they will be arriving in the mail. Yeah, they come in a box. They're gonna as They're, soon as they announce a Super Bowl winner, the doves are gonna just fly out and <laughs> fill your apartment with bird shit. I also love as soon as they announce a Super Bowl winner. I'm like, I'm like, well, I, I think sports work by like Faye Dunaway opening an envelope and announcing who won. The judges go behind a curtain and deliberate. Yes. And they're like, the winner is the standard. They're like, poodle. players, come out. <laughs> it's literally Michelle Visage being like, I didn't. You gotta that, that beat needs some work. <laughs> We've seen the silhouette over and over. (laughs) We need something new from you. We are requesting (sighs) uniforms by Paloma Wool for 2024. For the the unconventional materials challenge, you guys did not do a very good job. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
we are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee, but you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, Emmy, I think without further ado, I would like for you to do a dramatic reading of the list of topics you came up with. I'm I'm really <laughs> thrilled to do it. I don't know. I felt like I was underprepared. So to be no, to, no, to, no, to no. learn I am, in fact, overprepared has been, you know, it, it's adrenalizing. So my list of topics <laughs> was <clears throat> two in one shampoo and conditioner, cold cuts, mm. Dick's Sporting Goods, L.L. Bean, tailgating. Waiting your turn, skiing, <laughs> venture capital, athleisure brands, American Eagle Outfitters, the three-city run of Cancun, Boston, Philadelphia, true religion genes, maps, directions, <laughs> and last but not least, instructions. Wow. wow. So much. We're gonna do a. We're gonna do a little. We're gonna add a little uh, music, a sort of uh, crescendo music a- as you say that list. I think. Ooh, yeah. or like a my favorite things, if you want. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. yeah, we'll actually make a direction. whole track. Sure. We'll, we'll take your raw audio and then make it into a song. Like cold cuts in Boston. <laughs> Cancun and two in one. Um, okay, well, that's um, genius. I actually, one of my favorite ones from that list is Cancun because I you agree. really forget about 
Cancun as like a straight destination because totally. that's talk about it, the Super Bowl of a location. Like as a oh, kid, Cancun so was like <laughs> it was like the place that people would say, and I was like, that place must be so magical. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, I kind of know totally. what the vibe is. I think we also grew up in the peak era of MTV Spring Break. I feel and. Yeah. It, to the point where you sort of thought like that was a religious holiday that for a week <laughs> every year you simply had to participate in a wet t-shirt contest. And you were like, well, at some point it will be my turn. I will be called. I will be drafted into Cancun <laughs> to participate in MTV Spring Break. And I better have my abs ready by then. <laughs> yeah. I need a pair of cutoff short shorts that I can wear with the fly folded down and open without them falling off. <laughs> yes. And... <laughs> God, I I did th- the saddest thing is that I went to Cancun once with my mom. It was just wow. us. Wow. And we like sat at a Senor Frogs quietly just me and a she's she's now 76 years old. So um it was like a really like you don't want to do MTV Spring Break yeah. just you and your mother. Did your mom <laughs> did your mom did she get any screen time on MTV Spring Break? Um, I think she twerked on Dave Holmes for like okay. one interstitial. <laughs> <laughs> they kept me outside, so she presented. She presented JoJo Millennials' performance. Presenting my sister in menstruation, JoJo Millennials. <laughs> Well, I will say, you know, as much as I'm really glad that you sort of made the decision for us and said your favorite topic was maps, because I think it's a rich topic. And otherwise, I honestly would have had a very difficult time choosing. Yeah, we didn't even talk about what you were thinking of. In terms of your options? In terms of your options. I feel like. Oh, honey, we don't bring options. We don't bring options. (laughs) (laughs) No, we sort of tell tell our guests, like, feel free to bring a topic. But if you don't have one, like, we can talk one out together. And then usually what will happen is we'll have a sort of, like, you know, I would say Freudian psychoanalysis session where we try to siphon out an interest from our guest. And we're like, well, is there anything you have a specific expertise in or anything you grew up with that you feel like you want to revisit? And then usually it's like, you know, taxes. Mm, yes. But um, sorry, Sam, I felt like cold cuts sparked something in you. <laughs> and I, I yeah. rudely interrupted. No, and I, thank you for calling me in because I was going to, you know, let it slide. And I, the listeners deserve to know that cold cuts did, in fact, speak to me. Um, but it's sort of a difficult speaking to me because it's I see myself in cold cuts. I see myself in you know, someone who wants cold cuts in the house. Yeah. And um, that's really hard when that mirror is uh, so clear. Um, but it it is a, it's real. There's something real to it. I even think just the phrase cold cuts has made me uncomfortable <laughs> in like a panty way, you know, where it's like, that's one of those blur words. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is kind of weird. That's so interesting because I feel the opposite where I'm like, what perfect, it, it almost seems like, something someone would come up with now, like a branding genius. Like how crazy that that's an old word and not like a new direct-to-consumer startup. Cold cuts? I mean, it's such it's such a perfect little phrase. It does sound sort of like a like a, a cryotherapy clinic yes. of some sort <laughs> yeah, or exactly. like... You oh, know. have you tried cold cuts? <laughs> Are you taking a cold cut probiotic? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I am actually. And that's why I've been yeah. shitting like perfect... <laughs> <laughs> freeze dried turds. <laughs> freeze dried. Oh turds. my god. 
Ooh, now talk about something you can package and sell. I wish. Astronaut turds. Uh, Tell me more. Astronaut turds. That's such a beautiful song title. Um, <laughs> I always feel like the person doing cold cut, like when you do buy cold cuts at the grocery store, I don't think they have ever been sliced for me by a woman or by a man under 40. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, that's sort of a sign of, because I, I, in fact, you'll never believe this, go to a place where it is a woman slicing them. And I feel like that's sort of a, this sort of, you know, post 2014 Williamsburg artisanal vibe where you're like, well, this is clearly ethically made. A woman cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Women can use the slicer too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Okay, but the topic is the topic maps. is maps. maps. The topic is maps. <laughs> and so, yet we keep getting ladies lost. and gentlemen. What does it mean, ladies and gentlemen? Karen O. <laughs> she performs maps. Okay. Um. <laughs> wow, that would be huge. That would be huge if Karen O showed up in a Zoom window and performed maps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, I mean, what led you to uh, maps as a straight topic? I Okay, so I am married to a straight man, and I have found that I, that's one of the first things I wanted to outsource to my uh-huh. <laughs> better half slash ball and chain slash, you know, like I was very excited to not have to read maps anymore. And then once I was traveling alone again, I was like, oh no, this has become actually like a huge deficiency for me where I will walk the opposite direction of where I'm going. Like I need walking maps and it's, I just feel humiliated by them and I have to blame straightness at large for it, I guess. Yeah. No, I think first of all, you are correct. I mean. Maps is like okay, Christopher Columbus. It's it's more than it's worse than just straight. It's colonialist. It's colonial. Well, it is literally colonialist. Yes. So, I I have so much to say about this, and I'm like, you mentioned Emmy. Not. I I want to know more about sort of your history with not being able to read maps well, because I think maybe there is a sort of maybe we are kindred in this sense. And let me know if I'm projecting onto you, but I feel like you are potentially someone who is like probably academically very smart, probably was a really good student. And I want to know if, like me, you were like, is the fact that I can't read maps a sign that I'm actually deep down stupid? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And weirdly, I have a little bit of, I'm going to say self-diagnosed dyslexia with numbers and with left and right so i did go to college and um i have read a book um Mm -hmm. but i in general like direct if you give me directions i won't retain them and if you show me a map i will um flip it and reverse it in my mind a (laughs) hundred percent the way i don't even attempt if someone like try like i or even when someone's trying to describe where something is and they're like, you know, on 61st Street and I I completely like immediately check out and I just nod. It's like it's better to just nod and let it wash over you than to try to participate in any meaningful way. Yeah. At some point when someone's giving me directions, I'm like, what does this person want from me? Even though I <laughs> asked them. You're like silently tearing up. You're like, <laughs> I am being held hostage right now. I'm being held hostage. <laughs> 
I have to say though, I think <laughs> I absolutely love giving people directions, especially like when I'm just sort of winging it. Like I love being like, <laughs> yeah, I, like they'll be like, is there a train station over here? And I'll be like, um, yeah, I believe it's like two blocks that way. And I, there's a 50% chance I'm wrong, but I have to do it every single time. So directions are like a performance for you in a way. <laughs> Or performance art? Directions are a huge performance. It's where I come alive. But it's projecting a confidence that is just not there. I mean, I'm like, there's no reason for this. I choose to look confident and cool over being helpful, actually. And that's what I do. Yeah, I like giving directions, and I don't really care if I'm wrong. Like, I just want to look cool and confident rather than be helpful. Well, I'm like, the few times I actually know where I am, if something is, like, in my neighborhood or if something is truly, like, a block away... I then I'm like, oh, great. Now I can pretend I'm like normal people. And like, they'll think I do this all the time. Okay. I also, so maps specifically, the way that they're like a little puzzle, like the way that they're like, and here's the key. Like, this is how much distance this is. And it's like, okay, wait, but there's not like a tool. Like, they're like not meant to be able to be used easily. It's not like you can like <laughs> take the tool out and be like, okay, so it's two miles to there. You just have to like kind of eyeball it. And that's like, I don't have that type of confidence. And eyeballing on a map sometimes is the difference between like a three hour drive and a five hour drive. And I will only sit for four hours. So, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I certainly, I do remember the days of like printing out multi-page map quest directions and feeling more comforted by that than a map. Yeah, I loved that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it's also okay. And this is a maybe a gay thing. Anytime I'm holding a map, it's like instantly a performance. Like holding a map, I am like Sandra Bullock, like in a 90s movie, like sipping a Coke and like being in the like passenger seat, like looking hot and cool. Like and being like, oh, I've got it. Like we're going to take this right. And it's like not ever like it's it's it is a prop to me. It's hard for me to see it as like an actual helpful thing. Well, it's Dora the Explorer. <laughs> I mean, you're immediately Dora the Explorer. Your backpack is talking to you, and you're running away from a fox. And 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 to that, I say, grow up. <laughs> it's Dora the Explorer, exactly. Correct. So I want to get into sort of the 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 men the man versus woman of it all with maps, because of course the classic stereotype is that men don't want to ask for directions. So Emmy, what's that about? <laughs> what is that about? I feel like. I guess it shows vulnerability to be like, I don't know where I am. And that mm -hmm. might be a tough yeah. swing. For, but what about the fact that you'll never see that person again, most likely? And right. not and like taking your family into the woods or whatever is like way worse. Yeah. But well, the vulnerability thing is so apt because it's like, you know, there's this fear that, oh, it might be a slippery slope. Like, first thing, I'm asking for directions. Next thing you know, I'm going to be talking about my relationship with my dad to this stranger. Like, <laughs> you know, you never know what it's going to lead to. Like, so better to just stay silent and stoic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. God forbid I ask this man for directions and fall in love with him. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, we have our new short film. Yeah. And you know what? I'll say this. Like, asking for directions is actually always going to be more effective than looking at a map and and you get to make a new friend and you get to exercise more human rather than robotic qualities it's sort of like well <laughs> it's sort of like straight straight 
men want to be robots and everyone else actually is satisfied being a human. <laughs> wow. You know I what was, I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's really <laughs> profound, it's actually. Like, it's like, no, but it's truly, it's like, this is the same thing with like chat GBT and all this stuff where it's like, isn't it cool that we're evolving into robots? And you're like, actually, no, you know what would be cool? Evolving into humans. <laughs> I think I think I love the idea that asking for directions is actually upholding like oral histories. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it is. It's like it's giving like storytelling by the fire. It is, you know, Aesop's fables. It yeah, it's, it's myth Greek. building. It's like it's myth building. It's the Agora. It's uh, Socrates. Um, it is native traditions. <laughs> yeah. Because you Robert Frost. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Sure. It's a literary tradition as well. Um, It's, well, it's also like when someone says like, okay, so you're going to go for like a, like a mile or two, and then there's going to be a big tree that you're going to turn left at. And then like, you'll pass a pond. Like, I'm like, okay, you're painting me a picture like this. I can see so much clear, more clearly than like looking at a topographical map. I look at that and I see nothing. Yeah, they're going to be like, you're going to feel the rain on your skin that yes. no one else can feel for you. And only you can let it in. <laughs> only you can let it in. You know, that should be a sort of a, a movement of like more human-centered directions where they they like take detours. There's p- poeticism in them. You're like, well, there you're going to want to, you're going to be tempted to um, think about your grandfather. <laughs> Turn left. I mean, and that would be unmistakable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Whereas a compass, I feel like I don't even understand how a compass works, or like I think oh, it moves when I do. But... Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's also like no, okay, so I know old. where north is. Like, cool. Like that doesn't but help. Is it north? <laughs> north is whichever way I'm facing. Yeah, yeah. Don't even get me started on magnets. Oh my, oh my god. god. I'm like, <laughs> no. just this, it's like, I, this is not, this is fake. And you can't convince me that it's like some higher, like, the earth is a magnet? I don't think so. Magnets are what's on my fridge. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's quite literally insane. And it's just like, I'm not gonna, you know, I heard that dogs, like, pick where they are gonna, like, poop and pee based on, like, magnetic fields. And I'm like, I can't be having that in my life. Now that's interesting. They're like Marianne <laughs> Williamson saw- in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Wait, do you, um, are compasses magnets? I feel like they are. Well, they're are. certainly using them. Yeah, they're using them. The compasses themselves are not a mag. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all using a magnet, no? Am I crazy? No, you're There's, right. There's like smoke coming magnets. out of my head right now trying to understand <laughs> this. Um, okay, wait. Okay, I have two more uh, map things. The first mm-hmm. one is maybe too obvious, but maps as decor. Oh, is like so I think a quintessential straight thing, <laughs> because it's like it's sort of we've done like movie posters as decor, and like this one is also like I want something on the wall, of course, but I cannot imply that I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want something on the wall, comma no homo, <laughs> and then suddenly you end up with a Pulp Fiction poster and a map of Denver. <laughs> But at the same time, like I, and this is a sort of a cold cut situation where I do see myself in it. Like I'm like I'd rather have a map of New York City than like a like a print that I don't know anything about. 
And so I'm kind of torn on it. Mm, I, I think it depends heavily on the map. It, it like maps yeah. do come in. They're like fonts. Like they come in every <laughs> shape and style. So if totally. you have a New York, if you have like a New York City map where the neighborhoods are drawn in like Home Depot font, where it's like <laughs> <laughs> spray painted block letters, Hell's Kitchen, etc. Oh, like that's that map is hiding something. Or you're hiding mm-hmm. something about yourself in that map. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I would love. Okay, this is my genius. My new Etsy idea is it's gonna be like a map of Brooklyn, and then like where instead of like all the neighborhoods are gonna be labeled what they are, <laughs> but then in, instead of Bushwick, it's just gonna say home, and it's gonna have like, <laughs> and it's gonna have like a little heart on it. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Wait, this is so um, genius. This is that's that is literally genius. And then you can order it like custom and it's like wherever your home is, yeah. it's home. And then actually, you know, I hate to be so business minded and entrepreneurial, but you can take it a step further and have other parts of your life be also labeled. So it's a map and then it's like home, but then where you where your sister lives, it's like Marcy. <laughs> And then I'm dying at the idea of having like a Brooklyn <laughs> using like like um like cheesy Midwestern like home aesthetics, but for like a Brooklyn thing is like <laughs> killing me. I love that so much. Oh. I don't know why I'm so giggly today. It's kind of insane. No, I have it. So too. then I I, I want to know, Emmy, like if the one end of the spectrum is like Home Depot font Brooklyn map, like that is artless. It is basic. <laughs> It is like, you know, just moved here to go to NYU. Then what is the other end of that spectrum? What is like, what is Deborah Eisenberg's map that she has framed in her apartment? More like, who is Deborah Eisenberg? But... Thank you for asking okay, the okay. tough questions. Okay. I have no idea who okay. that is. Well, thank you. Think, think like a quintessential, like sophisticated New Yorker. George, you like... can't just say any woman's name and make it sort of Jewish <laughs> and be like, you don't know, like the most like, famous is that New your Yorker. Doctor or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. She's my analyst. <laughs> You know, Deborah Eisenberg. No, George, Shut that's up. your best friend. We don't know her. <laughs> you guys know Deb. Y'all know Deb. See, I feel like they do have, I have a, a vision of somewhere on Madison Avenue, a store that's just called Old Maps. And it's <laughs> like, it has like a, it has more of a, how do I describe the vibe? More of like a, like Britishy tea timey old antique maps. And they're expensive as hell, and they come in like gilded, like frames that have like swoops and loops in them. And I guess that's the tasteful version, but I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure I like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think like if I were to, if someone was had a gun to my head, and I'm saying this not to promote gun violence, but just <laughs> as a metaphor, and they were like, you have to purchase a map to have as decor in your home. Otherwise, it's over for you, sweet. Frame a map, George. <laughs> <laughs> what would I, I guess? You know, I think maybe something you have a personal connection to, but that's not your current home. So not Bushwick. But if I had like an old map of like my grandfather's, or, or, like uh, you know, town in Greece where he grew up, and you know, and it was like a vintage map from when he was a child. Okay, but what if it had to be a New York map? Okay, if it had to be a New York map, that's a great question. I think, again, I would try to, so this is like a stretch, obviously, 
but I would try to find some personal connection where it's like maybe I would go to like the tenement museum and find like a map of Greek immigrants. <laughs> like I'm I'm really like holding on to like some sort of personal connection that would make it like either connected to like my family or my heritage or like uh, you know my current life because you know I, I, because I think the opposite of the Home Depot font is something that is like uh, th that only you can appreciate. Yeah, totally. So mine would be, um, it would be sort of West Side Story themed map <laughs> about, <laughs> you know, and it would it would map out like where the sharks live versus where the jets live. Um, and that would be my New York City map. Oh, wait, mine would be Sex in the City, uh, <laughs> Sex in the City locations. That's, I actually oh, am changing God. my answer. I'm changing my answer officially, and it's Sex in the City locations. Oh, my God. The thing is, the that bus actually would be. Holy shit. Yes. If that were in your bathroom, I would be like, George, you're a genius. Like, that would actually be incredible decor. And I actually, I'm actually really disappointed in myself for going serious rather than going camp. And that I was not staying true to myself in that moment when I was like looking for a way to honor my heritage. <laughs> I think what I do need to honor is Sarah Jessica Parker and the original Sex in the City. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, I think you want um, like the street corner where, what's the episode? It's, it's like in the meatpacking district when like Samantha gets into a fight with a drag queen. Oh yes, oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, literally the single most uh, problematic episode. episode of Sex and the City. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to pinpoint that block on the map, okay. and like right, the right. cupcake, like the yeah, bed club, that. and then. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! The bed club. The way I thought. I was like, that is what it will be like when I'm cool and living in New York. I will go to a club where there are beds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also had a, a weird attraction to that concept for nightlife. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very childish way to look at nightlife in a fun way. Well, they're all, I mean, I always think about this. Melissa Rich had like, she wrote a review of it just like that. And she had a line that was like talking about the original Sex in the City. And she described all of them as, walking around New York like it, like they just got let out for recess. And I thought that was like such a perfect encapsulation of how these like 40-year-old women <laughs> were acting, like yeah. roaming around Manhattan. Yeah. That is very true. Um, okay. I have another sort of element of maps that I would like to address, which is the treasure map. And Ooh. I'm th like pirate, pirates, uh, treasure hunting, um explorers like going back to columbus like there is a sort of uh settlers of Catan vibe <laughs> i mean you gotta love a map where everything is just totally fucking wrong too which is right. what a yeah. lot of those <laughs> yes. are where they draw like like a cursive z and they're like this mm -hmm. is south america and you're like oh no they're like here's massachusetts and it's huge like <laughs> yeah those at least are you know like like nice little exercises in hubris, <laughs> geographic. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. I think the treasure map is like maybe the most like closest to a queer map because I agree that is like you will just have like a picture of a palm tree and like a group, a cluster of like monkeys drawn. And it's like you're supposed to and there's like a line that goes around that and you're like, this is symbolic. And when I see it, I'll know it, but I won't know it until I see it. It's not supposed to be 100%. taken literally. It's supposed to be like interpreted. Yeah. And, and you know, no matter what we think of uh, Johnny Depp now, when he was Captain Jack Sparrow, he was serving Patty Fish. <laughs> he was rocking that eyeliner. And he, I would have followed him on his treasure hunt. 
yeah there's something also about like yeah dotted line two x marks the spot like the subtext is please tiptoe the whole time Um, (laughs) yes they don't say it but you feel it (laughs) you feel it oh god yeah and okay in a similar vein it's always gold right gold it's gold but it's also it's not just gold it's always like gold and like weird necklaces and like a crown like there is always a dress-up element to finding the treasure which people don't talk about the dress-up element because you are like oh look at all these riches and literally someone's putting on a crown and someone else has like a bunch of jewels and it's like steve that's drag yeah they're like look i found these high heels also and these panties kind of fit me i mean honestly i would love a drag race challenge that is a treasure hunt Doesn't that sound like something that would be really good? You're literally a producer now. Um, Okay, wow. I'm getting an executive producer credit. (laughs) It's so unfortunate whenever you find the treasure and you're doing the dress up portion and then like somebody in your party like steps on the trap that opens the door when the like big monster comes in. Like it's like, just let me dress up in peace. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was fun until you had to run from like crocodiles. Yeah, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Atlantis feels like a map oh, destination. Yeah. I agree. What the hell is up with Atlantis? What? I, uh, my knowledge of Atlantis really starts and ends with the Olsen twins film. The resort. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Emmy. So formative. <laughs> yes. I not. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, well, that's where we have to go on our next family vacation. I will literally not go to college <laughs> if that's what it takes to pay for it. <laughs> Like, I just need a dolphin to like me. Oh, more yeah. than anything. <laughs> yes. Well, the other thing with the thing with Atlantis, as in like the lost city of Atlantis, is it's one of those things where you're like, so is someone going to tell me if this is real or not? Thank you so much for saying that because I was like, it's so Sam to say that. And I was like, I can't be th- that dumb. But I am like, so wait, why do we all have this? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a mass delusion. <laughs> like, like, it's not real, right? Like, okay. But well, if- also... <laughs> Then I feel like when I was young and I found out about Atlantis Resort, I was like, oh, like, did they find the lost city and then, like, renovate it? <laughs> I'm also like, the lost city of Atlantis, I'm like, it sounds so real. Like, it, like, makes sense. Like, it's like, sure, I bet yeah. there was a city that's now underwater on accident. Like, yeah. of course. And they're like, we preserved the original mini golf course from the yes, lost exactly. city of Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, one more thing I think is, like, in the beginning of a fantasy book, the map is there. And that is like actually a very straight one to me where it's like, you're literally making up a world and a book and like new Mm -hmm. characters and you like have to make it super literal. Like, it's like, why do you have to make the map so real? Like, I'm just imagining all of this stuff. And they're like, no, it's actually 200 miles from there to there. It's like, wait, Sam, do you feel like as a super fan of Lord of the Rings, do you, is that something that comes up in Lord of the Rings a lot? Well, like, I feel like all those books have the map at the beginning. And it's like, this is the map of Middle Earth. And you're mm-hmm. like, like, I actually ignore it because I'm like, like, there's a part of me that wants to look at it and be like, oh, this will help me understand like the totally. distance. And the, and I'm like, no, I, I understand because the words tell me how tired they are or how many days it right. takes or whatever the fuck. It's exactly. like, well, actually, yes. And it's also like because you have an imagination. It's actually very like, it really brings you down to earth in a bad way where you're like, let me enjoy this fantasy. I don't. Why are you trying to put this on a map? That's a which is a human creation. I mean, we're talking hobbits here. Kate Blanchett <laughs> is literally glowing from her skin, and you want me to look at a map as though we're like as though we're like looking up directions to go to brunch? It's so messed up. Let me believe. Let me believe in magic. 
I didn't Final know you question. were a Lord of the Rings guy. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry yeah. No, no, no. Pl- oh, no, no, yeah. Please. Emmy, are you? No, it just feels like a little bit of a like <laughs> curveball for, for mm-hmm. Sam. <laughs> yeah, it's well, really one of his defining... Uh, it's one of the things I learned early on doing this podcast with him because it was a reference point that kept coming up. And in fact, in terms of, I would say like, Queer, early queer texts that were influential in his life. It was like Frodo and Samwise having a homoerotic energy. Yeah, I was obsessed with it, and still am. Honestly, it's uh, it gets me. You know, I watched, I've read like Sam and Frodo fanfic before, and I was like, you know, this is hot and um, heartwarming. <laughs> wow, it's very sweet. That's great. <laughs> I mean, my final, my final question for you is the following. It is the question: Globes. Globes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I agree. Yeah. I, I definitely would like to know your 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 general instinct on globes as well. I, I, I love a globe. I prefer a globe to a map. Yes. Because it can be, it's like, it. Let just let it be an art piece. Let's like appreciate the earth and not try to get from point A to point B. Just meditate on the vastness of human, of, of, of human existence. Yeah, I actually think a globe is a sleigh. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a tastefully anti-flat earther object. 100%. Exactly. And you know what? It in that sense it is nodding to science without fetishizing it. It's like, yes, yes this is what the world looks like, but there isn't like a fucking, you know, uh, key and a compass and you just like enjoy it for what it is. And guess what? It's more accurate than a map too. So, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Also, there's something so novel about just like having a spherical object in your home. Like it's like hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, because <laughs> it's like we've seen things hang on the wall. Like we've seen like things be framed, but a sphere just mm-hmm. sort of displayed. Now that's something new. And it really is its own thing because you wouldn't call it, even though it's three dimensional, you wouldn't call it a sculpture. God no. So it's not a it's not a it's not wall art. It's not a sculpture. It's also sort of halfway between an art piece and a functional thing, you can sort of pretend that you're using it for something. I mean, you're like, oh, look, there's Nepal. <laughs> right. And, you know, if you really want to bring the whole thing home, you keep a magnifying glass nearby or like 100%. you pretend like you're wow. going to pick your vacation destination with the globe. Yes. What yes. says spontaneity more than putting your finger that. on a spinning globe? <laughs> oh, well, next thing you know, you're in Slovenia. <laughs> Gorgeous. No, that <laughs> gorgeous. Slovenia. That is fully the fantasy to spin the globe and stop it at a point and be like, "That's where we're going." That's that's true recklessness. Only then will I be fully free when I can do that. God, wow. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I gotta say, this episode is, uh, this episode really gave me everything I needed today. Yeah. I feel like we, it was like every part of it, every chapter of it, from the intro to the introductory banter, to straight shooters, to introducing the topic, to fully analyzing the topic in an academic way, in a way that could potentially be in the running for a Peabody, is is like everything I want this podcast to be. And I am invigorated to spend the rest of my Sunday not watching football. Yeah. And I actually think that one day in our beautiful uh, utopian future, the Peabody Awards will have as much um, fun implications as the Super Bowl. Yeah. Why doesn't everyone get their family together and get some jalapeno poppers and watch the Peabody ceremony? (laughs) (laughs) Spoken word journalism deserves more. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I mean, should we do our final segment then? We can. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut 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 everyone off. No, I we mean, don't no. have to. Honey, I got all day. As, I mean, as mentioned, I'm not going to be preparing for any Super Bowl event. I mean, good luck getting back into it when you've uh, brought the conversation to a screeching halt, I George. know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If only I had a map for how to get out of this bind. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, brother. Um... I say let's do it. Okay, let's do our final segment. Sam, would you like to introduce it? Sure. Emmy, our final segment is called Shoutouts, and we pay homage to the great straight tradition of the radio shoutout by shouting out to anything that we are enjoying at all. So imagine it's 2001, you're at TRL, and you're shouting out to your squad back home about anything that you like, and we will go first. George, do you have one? I do. Would you like me to go? Yes, please. Okay. What's up, Brooklyn? Everyone from Bushwick all the way to Brooklyn Heights. And I'll say it, even anyone outside the borough of Brooklyn, we're talking Queens, we're talking the Bronx, we're talking Manhattan, we're talking New York State, baby. Vote blue no matter who. (laughs) I want to give a quick shout out to mini golf, which is an activity I, you'll never believe this, had never done in my absolute life until this weekend. It was my first time ever holding a golf, a mini golf club. I don't know if they're different than a normal golf club because I certainly have not been an actual golf course. (laughs) They let me choose the color of my golf ball. I chose a beautiful royal blue. It was a deep royal. I would, I think it would look really, you could dress it up, dress it down, would look really great in a suit or in a sort of cool punk rock outfit. And then I was afraid that I was not going to be good at it because, of course, I didn't have the experience. When I tell you I sort of slayed the house down all day and everyone was impressed with me, 
And I went out being like, you know what? Maybe mini golf is now in my repertoire as high up in my estimation as my favorite activity, bowling. So my 30s in the city of New York are all about discovering all the suburban stuff that I was deprived of as a kid. And I am ready to play mini golf. I am ready to go to the arcade. I am ready to go bowling. And I am ready to have one of those pizzas where the crust has little mozzarella sticks on it. So I'll see you out on the field. Woo! Woo! Wow, that was so, so powerful and beautiful. Thank you. I love mini golf. I can't believe this is your first time playing it. I know, it was my first time. We, it really, I have to say, no offense to this uh, Red Hook venue, which treated us so well. And actually, they had sort of just installed this almost laser tag-esque game and gave us a free go-ahead at it because we were being so loud and drunk that they kind of wanted to put us in a silent room. Um, But they treated us so well. But it was really like a warehouse that they put stuff in. I mean, there's something very, I hate to use this term because it's overused, there's something very liminal space about it. Like, Mm. it really was like an unmarked warehouse. You go in and it's all just in an empty room. You don't even get like the charm of suburbia or even the charm of like, a venture capital funded Williamsburg space. Like it really was in the middle of nowhere. We could have been kidnapped, but I had a great time. (laughs) Well, that's lovely. Um, okay. Okay. Let me think. I think I have one. Not really. Well, let's try it. What's up everybody out there in the world from, um, Cali all the way to uh, the East coast. I want to give a huge shout out to that feeling when like you're sick of all the music you've ever heard and you're like like you're in this place where you're like i know i need something new and i don't know why my capacity like why now i'm bored of everything but it's like a very (laughs) it's a very wintry feeling that i get i guess once a year where i'm like no i just need someone on earth to put out an album that i can obsess over and that is sort of where I'm at right now. And it's a space that is, it's a wanting feeling that is not normally what you would want to shout out on this podcast, but mm-hmm. it is a real feeling and we need to acknowledge it. So I am currently open to new music and I am listening to stuff and I'm trying new stuff and I'm saying, no, that's not right. No, that's not exactly what I need, but I'm going to keep trying. And it's a good place because I'm learning so much about these up and coming girls. And there are so many musics out there and I love all of them. So shout out to Waiting for New Music, and I cannot wait to get obsessed with something soon. XOXO, Sam. Wait, Sam. Sam, that was incredible. I'm sorry. That was really good. I feel that really hard. It's such a, yeah. Sam, have you not become obsessed with the new Kalela? I've only listened to it once, and I liked it, but I haven't, like, gotten fully in yet. Yeah. I say give it a few more listens, because I really, like, it really invigorated me. And it's like... It almost feels like the um, indie version of Renaissance or something. Like there's something about like putting it on from beginning to end and just letting it sort of wash over you. And it, I, I, she's really like leaning into techno. Like, I don't know. There's something very fun about it. Well done. I'll do it. And this is Kalela, you said? Kalela, K-E-L-E-L-A. Yeah. I have to check this one out. Oh my God, Emmy, I'm telling you, I have been really, really on that train since like 2013. And when I tell you she delivers every time. Huge. Well, I can't, I can't wait. wait. I'm excited. Okay. Um, Emmy, whenever you are ready. 
I do just want to ask before we move on, what was the last <laughs> um, album or artist that made you feel engrossed and satisfied? Okay, that's a great question. Let's see. I feel like the last... It's okay if you say Chromatica, at least. It's okay. <laughs> well, I... Okay. I... The thing is, there's a lot that I'm liking, but nothing that I'm, like, completely freaking for. And, like, so, like, the Caroline Polachek, like, I like her a lot. And she's, like, that album is coming out. And so there's, like, the five songs from it. And I just listen to them, like, over and over and over. And to the point where I'm, like, oh, now I'm not excited for the album because I've listened to this too much. Yeah. Yeah. I did this with like, those. <laughs> like, Bunny Welcome to My writer? Island is I such ruined. a slay. Oh. oh, Bunny is a writer, yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I've ruined billions. Like I'm like I need to stop listening to this so I can enjoy it when it actually comes out. Wait, Sam, you just got into Ethel Kane. I just got into Ethel Kane, but it's too moody sometimes. Like the song yeah. "American Teenager" is so slay, but then sometimes I'm just like, okay, this is beyond moody. What about the SZA album? Do you feel like it's now been long enough that you're not constantly listening to it? It's been long enough that I'm not constantly listening to it. I look back on it fondly. But it also overwhelms yeah. me because it's so long and <laughs> Yeah. No, it's true. What about true. the Deborah Eisenberg LP? <laughs> yeah, what about Deborah's new album? You know, I found that she, to be really, really inspiring actually. And she's um, experiment she's experimenting with club beats in a way that she hasn't done before. Yeah. I liked the sort of seventies disco vibe that she was doing. It was yes. very Jesse Ware. <laughs> exactly. Um It was very Jesse Ware. Wait, isn't there a new Jesse Ware album? It's coming out in like a month or two or oh, something. It's, oh, it's coming out in a month or two. And I, I think I'm going to have an incredible spring and summer, of course. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm I'm suffering. Interesting. Well, give it up for Sam's musical desert. <laughs> 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 Woo. Okay, now for real. I mean, whenever you are ready. Okay, okay, okay. Um, what's up to all the girls on my... JV lacrosse team go <laughs> Lions um, I'm Woo. here representing for the fact that any croissant can be warmed up and then be good because um, oh. a lot of croissants are bad at room temp but most of them given a moment on a nonstick pan or in the microwave can really shine Woo! Woo! wow that is so wow. helpful to know actually and it's that kind of a, is huge. <laughs> that's like almost like a kid's book. Like there's something so like inspiring where it's like, you're not bad. You just need to be microwaved. And I, I oh do my feel, God. Because it's hard to find a good croissant anywhere. And I, I, I had just not been eating them because I was like, I'm not going to have a C plus croissant. Mm -hmm. They're not like, it, it's got to be great. And then I learned that you can warm up a C plus to an, uh, an A minus. <laughs> it really is crazy how this is. You know, this is one of my um, catchphrases that I tell all my mentees, and it's the following. It's all about butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that is all, all you need to do is like melt that butter out and then just like bite into something that's mostly butter and you'll be happy. Melt that yeah. butter out, mama. <laughs> God, when that when there was a new croissant place that opened by my apartment that like got written up and then like had lines going around the blog. And the way that was invigorating for me for a full like two months, just knowing that was there and occasionally going, God, I love New York. God, I love New York. I love it. <laughs> well, I guess that's our episode. Emmy, thanks so much for doing the podcast. It was a delight. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I've sweated from giggling so much. So, <laughs> I what know, a like treat. my nose is running from giggling. It really was an especially giggly episode. You were such an incredible guest. 
And we are so happy you made the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will um, come back to discuss cold cuts or whatever subject you want anytime. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, everyone, go out there and don't read a map. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Like a My Favorite Things, if you want. Totally. Wow, that's actually genius. I have to check this one out. Well, I can't wait. I'm excited. I do really love cold cuts and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Dick's sporting goods and tailgating. L.L. Bean, waiting your turn. Instructions. My favorite things. I do really love venture capital athleisure brands and skiing. The three-city run of Cancun, Boston, Philadelphia. American Eagle Outfitters. Maps, directions, true religion genes. My favorite things. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.